Hi, everyone, and welcome to another broadcast of Faith Life with Pastor Earl and Friends. The friends are those that listen, those that pray for us, and believe that God's word should reign preeminent. Man, the word of God is the greatest book in the world. The Bible is the greatest source of comfort and strength and conviction and so many things. You could spend your life studying the Word of God and never grasp all of the depths of it because it's truly a God-breathed book. It's inspired, not like Shakespeare's poetry or his writings was human inspiration. This is divine inspiration where God just breathed through his word. And so we're going to share that with you in just a moment. We are blessed to have different folks that will sponsor and undergird us in prayer and in giving and in sponsoring because my goal is to get this word out as far and as wide as we can because I believe that the coming of the Lord's is eminent. Lord, singular, not Lord's. And my desire, what God has placed in my heart, not for my glory, but to build up the body of Christ. Body of Christ, number one, was Christ coming to the earth giving his life as a ransom for many and dying and being buried and rose again. And now the body of Christ exists and it involves all the believers that receive Jesus as their Lord and Savior. Yes, you are a part of the body of Christ if you know Christ. First Corinthians chapter 12 talks about that wonderful body of Christ, as does Ephesians chapter 4. So our desire to um, build a community of believers committed to Christ and the scriptures, to encourage one another to just be a part of the community of Christ and to love one another as Jesus desired in John 17. We have been divided by the walls of our church, by our denominational distinctives and sometimes our dogmas. And we're not saying put away sound doctrine. We're just saying Jesus wants us to be united as his body. And we're committed to the commission of Jesus Christ, which is to tell all mankind about the wonderful love of God and how they can become a child of God. Today's broadcast is sponsored by Custom Construction. Custom Construction, and that is with Will Shockey. And Will is a, a wonderful builder. I've seen a lot of his work, and he does everything he does with excellence. And so if you need something built, a house, a deck, remodeled, a, a commercial building, whatever it is, call Will at 
We have one of our listeners had a prayer request, and that is, she is just grieving her husband's loss. So would you just pray for that one? The Lord knows who it is, and pray that the Holy Spirit will comfort her heart tonight. If you'd like to reach us, or today rather, if you'd like to reach us, you can contact us with your prayer request, and that is at Karisman. C-H-A-R-I-S-M-A-N-1234 at gmail.com. Excuse me. And now let's just listen to a song as we prepare our hearts to receive the word of God. It's called The Lion and the Lamb by Big Daddy Weave. Sorry for that little glitch in there. Electronic things have a way of doing that. It's an imperfect world, but we serve a perfect Jesus. That's a good segue into the Word of God, isn't it? 
Well, where do we find John the Beloved? In Revelation 1, remember, he has been exiled to the Isle of Patmos for the word of God and the testimony of Jesus Christ. He finds himself there because he would not recant. He would not stop preaching and teaching about Jesus Christ and all the things that he heard and saw. So they thought in the Roman Empire, Domitian thought, well, let's just exile him out there. Let him work in the mines and no one will ever hear from him again. So we find John and he is there on the Isle of Patmos off of the um, land of Turkey, off of the coast where Ephesus was a little eight by 10 island with lots of cliffs, etc. And here is John. And while he's there, again, forgotten by man, but remembered by God. Never forget that. If you think man has rejected me, man has forgotten about me, I feel all alone. If you're a believer, Jesus has not forgotten you and is not going to leave you alone. He said, I will never leave thee nor forsake thee. So we find him on the Isle of Patmos. That's his geographical position. But then we find, he says, I was in the spirit on the Lord's day. And we already shared with you what we believe that means. He was in some kind of a a spirit-induced trance via the Holy Spirit of God. We believe that believers receive the Holy Spirit upon salvation, Acts 2 and verse 28. But also we believe that a believer should be filled with the Spirit according to the command of Ephesians 5.18. Don't be drunk with wine where it is excess, but keep on being filled with the Spirit. It's a daily request to the Lord. Lord, fill me with your Spirit, and he will. And out of your belly will flow rivers of living water. John 8, John 7, 38 and 39. He that believeth on me, as the scripture has said, out of his belly shall flow rivers of living water. This spake he of the Spirit. And so just remember that. And so then as we get to verse 11, John is there and he hears a voice. And it says, I turned to see the voice that spake with me. So imagine if you were all by yourself, there were other people on the island, but here's John alone and he hears a voice and he's kind of shocked and he turns to see where did that voice come from? And it says, I turned to see the voice that spake with me, his ears following. Where did that sound come from? And it says, and being turned, I saw seven golden candlesticks or lampstands. In the temple, in the tabernacle, there was one with seven different pipes. And remember also that they were fed by oil Oil is symbolic of the Holy Spirit. They were made of gold, and gold represents the deity of Christ. But John sees these seven golden candlesticks or lampstands, and I believe they're in a circular form. The purpose of a lampstand is to give forth light. 
Down in verse 20, we find out that these lampstands represented the church. We are supposed to shine the light of Jesus to this world. I'm afraid we have closed ourselves up as the church in perhaps some kind of a spiritual safe room instead of reaching out to those that are lost. And so that's very important. And John sees these seven golden candlesticks in a circular form. And remember, I shared with you, it's this message is going to the seven churches and they were in the land of Turkey. At that time, it was not called Turkey, but they are on a postal route, beginning with Ephesus, going to Smyrna in a circular form. So this is true to the historical nature as well as the revelation. And so God is going to be giving messages in chapters two and three to these churches. I was doing a little study on that as we'll look at it in just a few weeks regarding chapter two and three, the different churches and the message they received. And do you realize there are some denominations and some uh, Christian, quote, Christian institutions that will not allow those two chapters to be read or taught from their pulpits? So as we get down to verse 13, it says, And in the midst of the seven candlesticks, one like unto the Son of Man. You see, the primary focus of the church should not be our choirs and our budgets and our buildings and our ministers and how wonderful and how great we are and how much money we have in the bank, etc., But the focus of the church is when people come in, do they hear about Jesus? Is Jesus exalted? Not the institution, not the organization, not the particular spin. I remember going to a church one time and um, going there for a while. And at the end of the message, there was another message that lasted about 20 minutes. And it was all about pleading for money. That's not the purpose of the church is to to plead for money. It's to exalt Jesus. And if we exalt Jesus, then believers will gladly give of their money. So here, in the midst of the seven candlesticks, one like unto the Son of Man. Well, this is actually Jesus Son of God, Son of Man. And when you hear this particular um, name for Christ, it's emphasizing his humanity and his deity, and particularly his messianic character, as one commentator put it. But Son of Man, Son of God. In John 1, 1 and 14, remember this, In the beginning was the Word, Word was with God, the Word was God. And then it says, and the Word, God, became flesh and dwelt among us. And we beheld his glory as of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. And listen to the description of Jesus, Son of Man. 
It's not, as I shared, and no bad reflection, it's not sweet baby Jesus, and it's not just Jesus who walked the earth, and it's not just Jesus who died on the cross. This is Jesus in all of his majesty, in all of his glory. And it says he was clothed with a garment down to the feet. This is the idea of Jesus being our great high priest. Hebrews 4 says we don't have a high priest which cannot be touched with the feelings of our infirmities. Jesus knows our pain. He knows our hurt. As the Son of Man and the Son of God, he's our great high priest. But also this garment was also something that would be worn as a judge. And so as someone that maybe not, doesn't know Christ yet, you want Jesus to be your savior and not your judge, but he takes both roles on. It says he was girt about the paps, about the chest, with a golden girdle. Here we see this gold is always connected with the deity of Jesus Christ or the fact that he's God. And when it says he was girt about the paps, this is the higher part of our chest with this golden girdle. And why was that? So that the priest could actually tuck in his garment, which gave free access for him to move about. You have needs, you have hurt. We'll get into the 14th verse in our next um, broadcast, but you have hurts, you have needs. Well, Jesus feels your hurt and feels your needs and he wants to be accessible to you and he can freely come to you in your time of despair. Maybe you're in a hospital, maybe you're in prison, maybe you're just going through a rough time of suffering, maybe you're just going through a tough time mentally or emotionally, whatever it is, or financially, I want you to know that Jesus will come to your assistance. If you don't know him today, I plead with you. I really do. Receive him as your Lord and Savior today. Pray this prayer with me if you're sincere. Dear Lord, I repent of my sin. I receive you as my Lord and Savior today. In Jesus' name, amen. And if you're a believer that's listening and you're going through a very difficult time, call upon Jesus, your great high priest, and he will come to meet you at your point of need. You say, how do you know that? Because he's come to me time and time again at my point of need. This is Faith Life with Pastor Earl and Friends, and you can contact us with prayer, for prayer rather, at charisman. This is our email, C-H-A-R-I-S-M-A-N-1234. That's charisman, C-H-A-R-I-S-M-A-N-1234 at gmail.com. And I want you to know that we really do love you.